When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Wisconsin Farm Technology Days offers a variety of opportunities to learn and get some of your questions answered. Farm Tech Days visitors can look forward to hands-on education provided by the Education and Extension Station. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Allison Lund. Richard Halupka, Senior Outreach Specialist for University of Wisconsin Division of Extension, is overseeing the education and extension aspect of Farm Tech Days. He shares what activities and topics will be presented this year. So what we wanted to focus on in Clark County, we're a very diverse county and with our population of Plain Faith with about 11,000 of the population of 34,000 being of the Plain Faith. Uh, their business plan is a little different though than you know when you look at a business plan for a, on a dairy farm or a lot of livestock farms is you know we have 67,000 uh, dairy cows in the county we have 12 CAFOs but yet our average farm size is about 80 cows. You know, when you take the number of grade A, grade A and grade B farms and divide that number against that number of cattle. So when we, when we were talking about what we wanted to focus on and uh, display here at Farm Tech Days three years ago, uh, we were in a van driving back from Madison, I believe, or driving to, I can't remember. And uh, we were just spitballing some stuff and I just threw out, hey, we're a very traditional dairy county but we're very cutting edge with the technology. You know, let's, let's you know, Clark County, where tradition and that technology meet is kind of, you know, it was just a kind of a group discussion and that's how we came up with that theme. And it's related to our population with the Plain Faith and the English farmers. So with that theme, what are some of the main activities that we can expect to see that will really tie it all together? So what's the current theme, you know, I guess it doesn't matter if we're looking at English farmers or plain faith. A lot of them have looked at sex semen. And now that we're using the sex semen, we have a higher number of female, you know, dairy cows. You know, what are we going to do with these bull calves? So that, you know, one aspect that came out is, well, they're crossbreeding with beef bulls. Well, what does that mean for the beef industry? So we're kind of, that's going to be one focus in the livestock area. But we're going to have live animals there where we have these crossbreds, we're going to have some you know, younger crossbreds, and then we're going to show, hey, is this crossbred a beef animal now, or is it a dairy animal? Because it's kind of that in-between. And we're just, we're trying to educate that, hey, the industry, when we harvest these cattle, and they're going to go into slaughter, you know, what market do we have to send them to? And I think that's the, our big focus there, so that these farmers understand that you know, if it's more of a dairy type animal, it's going to go to this market. It might you might capture more dollars in this market rather than this market. So that's one aspect. Uh, the other aspect that we're looking at in the education area, uh, my focus is crops and soils. So we're we do have a number of plots out there. Uh, kind of a lot of farmers have been looking at, you know, well we got corn and soybeans. If we're not dairy farming anymore, there's more of that happening. But is there alternatives? You know, what are the alternative crops? So we do have some, one we're looking at is alternative forages. You know, rather than the tradition of just alfalfa, we've got other, you know, mixes planted out there that we can show farmers, hey, here's something to think about. If we lose that alfalfa stand over winter, what can I do? Do I have to just rotate into corn or some other forage, you know, to feed, because we still have to support that dairy herd. 
and those, you know, if we're feeding feedlot cattle or whatever, we still need a forage base. So we've got some alternative forages. We got uh, showing some of those. We've got a, a late season alternative forage planted out there. And then we threw in, you know, some small grains. You know, malting barley is becoming popular. Uh, we've also got sunflowers, canola, uh, and we've got the the fiber industrial hemp to just to show what that looks like. Plus, then on the other spectrum, we we've also thrown in some cover crop. You know, so you know if we are in that corn and soybean rotation, you know, for the aspect of soil health, how can we improve that soil health? You know, we can incorporate a cover crop or something else to keep live roots in that ground during you know that slow time of the year during that fall season and winter. I'm sure people will appreciate the variety that you have to offer. It sounds like you've got really something for everyone to learn about. Um, now, how will you be presenting this information? Will you have seminars? Will there be hands-on displays? How will that work? Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be hands-on, you know, visual. Farmers can get their hands dirty. They can grab, walk in these plots. Uh, the calves will be on display, live calves on display. Uh, we've got a number of hutches going to be set up for that. Uh, the other thing that I guess I forgot to mention is uh, we're, we're bringing back an old tradition of the tallest weed contest. So we're going to be working with the NPM people and uh, the master gardeners in the horticulture fields. And we're going to have people bring in, you know, weeds and they can display their tallest weed. And then, you know, we can identify them if they haven't had that identified. Uh, the other aspect, by bringing the NPM people in from Madison, uh, we have that option now. We used to have uh, a weed doctor, you know, plant doctor, all these different things. Uh, these people will be able, if, if you've got a disease in a crop or a weed or something going on, you can actually physically bring a crop in or a weed, insect, and we'll have people there that can help you identify it. And if we can't identify it, we'll take some information from you and if we can't identify it on the spot, we'll get back to you. You know, that's one thing about extension. Uh, you can't sometimes always identify something on the spot, but we are very good at responding back to the general public. It's really interesting that you're offering this identification aspect. So how did that come into being? Could you outline, you know, what the process for creating that was? So it was, again, looking back at history, you know, when I started in extension, you know, we had we had uh, booths set up just to identify, you know, I'll call them problems or opportunities in the crop. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes you have perceived problems, and sometimes it's you know it's a perceived problem. It's not really a problem because we always got to look at the economics. And so I wanted I wanted to bring some of that back, and I was fortunate that I did some arm twisting. And I got some of the NPM people that, you know, offered to come in. Uh, we, we were very fortunate. We've got a regional person now right here in this area that's been, uh, I, you know, been hired. And uh, he was, Dan Marzu was very, you know, part of this discussion and came in and he's going to bring some of his colleagues in during that three-day event. I'm sure people will really appreciate having the opportunity to learn more about pests or diseases or potential problems or perceived problems, too. Um, so before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to share? Anything we should be on the lookout for? Well, every year brings an interesting uh, new aspect, I guess. Uh, you know, everybody looks at last year and thinks next year is going to be the same, but it's always going to be different, as we know. So with that, you know, I'd like to invite everybody to come in, you know, spend some time, you know, 
look at the machinery, kick the tires. But remember, you know, as a farmer, as a manager on that farm, you know, expanding your education and your knowledge will always benefit you in the end. I mean, so if we can save $3 an acre by not doing something, that's $3 that you didn't have to write out a check for. And that's how I always try to explain it. Now, if you need to use it, that's fine. We have that alternative. But if we can put money back in your pocket, especially with our high fertilizer costs today and that, you know, it's one aspect to make farmers in general more profitable. Richard Halupka, Chair for Education and Extension at Farm Tech Days, with a preview of what will be offered from the Education and Extension Station at Farm Tech Days this year. He hopes to help spark some conversations and generate discussion to help people ask questions and learn something new at this year's Farm Tech Days. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Allison Lund.